Good morning. Would y'all please stand and sing with us? God, we thank you for a beautiful day. We thank you for your many blessings. We're glad to be in your house this morning to sing your praises. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
your neighbor. Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Kate. I'm the pastor here. We're so grateful that you joined us in worship today. We'd like to frame our announcements in the five practices of fruitful congregations. And guess what? Look at the wall over here. There's an amazing new um, posters that celebrate um, homemade illustrations by Rochelle Foster of our five practices. And you're going to hear more about that in just a second. Let me tell you a couple things. Um, please, if you get your bulletin, you open it up to the panel, uh, just on the inside. You see things in the registration panel, things that are coming up, things you can sign up for. The Ice Cream Social is this afternoon, and Renessa is going to be leading our handbells now. If you've ever been interested in that, you want to go and check that out. Um, there's no obligation to go and see, and she is a friendly force of nature. You will have total fun with Renessa if you are interested in doing that. If you open your bulletin up, you see our five practices of fruitful congregations, and you see our continued effort to be illustration-based rather than word-based. If you see um, anything that you want more information, you should see who to contact there. If you do not see that, Leanna Morris is our Director of Connection, and she will help you find it. Uh, we have unique office hours this week. Um, given that school has not started, I'm going to be gone uh, this entire week through next Sunday. And uh, Leslie's children are not in school. So the office will be open from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Monday through Thursday this week. You can email her all you want, and she'll write you right back. You can call her if you want. You can call the church office. If you don't call between 9 and 11, she'll get back to you as quick as she can. We have a new newsletter today. It's got beautiful new pictures. It's got the new families that have joined. We have families joining today. I said this last Sunday in 11 o'clock because families joined there. We've had 17 families join our church in 2018. I said, um, yeah. Leanna uh, was there in 11 o'clock, and it's her job to help our families find connection to our church. I said, this is a live job review you are doing your job. You're doing an amazing job, so thank you. Uh, newsletter has the new families. It has all kinds of helpful information that's coming up for the next month. There's a print version in the back. There's a digital version on every email. Um, let's talk about passionate worship. Reese Hannon is going to preach next week uh, in both services. Reese uh, has grown up here his whole life, recently graduated from Furman University, uh, played football there, and is now getting his MBA at Clemson. Um, has uh, always been interested in speaking in worship, and um, I'm going to be completely gone next Sunday. He's going to speak. Y'all need to be here. It's going uh, to be great. We've already talked about the text a little bit. Um, prayer list. I've said this for weeks now. I'm going to stop pretty soon, but there's a printed prayer list at the back of every worship service. A printed prayer list if you want a printed version. A printed prayer list is on your table in your Sunday school class every Sunday. It should have the right date at the top, it's written by our Spiritual Life Council chair, Bobby McQuaid. The prayer is, and the names submitted are names that were given to us this week. We don't want to leave them on for six months. So we need you to tell us if you want the person on that prayer list. We're going to confirm with them that they want to be on the prayer list, and we're going to routinely check that and um, keep it the best it can be. I believe 
That's it. Let's pray together. Oh, no, it's not it. We're not going to pray together. <laughs> Robbie Septon is our uh, chair of trustees. The chair of trustees is in charge of a diva of a campus. This thing, uh, although we're turning it over with the McClyman Trust, it's getting better every day. Um, but Robbie's, if, first of all, if y'all say thank you to Robbie for being the chair of trustees. <laughs> he has a quick announcement. Good morning. I want to call somebody up real quick. Gray, if you'll come up with me for just a minute. I'm sure all of you walked in this morning and immediately noticed our beautification project over here on the bleachers. I can use the word beautification because it's not that color blue anymore. Uh, and naturally, the most natural color for gray to choose would be gray. gray. <laughs> Wanted to take just a minute and kind of tell you a little bit about how we got these new bleachers and, and the posters that are hanging up there. Gray came to the trustees back at the beginning of the year and, and said that he was working on his Eagle Scout project. Uh, it's really hard for me to imagine Gray working on an Eagle Scout project because I remember when Gray shouldn't be working on a Cub Scout project, but nonetheless, he saw a vision and wanted to come in and repair our bleachers, wanted to totally put new boards, uh, change the colors over. And then he told me about this idea for some banners. And I really couldn't kind of get wrap my head around it, but I trusted him. And he told me that it was very important at that point in time for him to be able to uh, put the, the five practices up. And I think it really does a great job of turning a gymnasium into a worship space. So for that, I'm very thankful. But I just want to take a minute and uh, congratulate Gray on the completion of his Eagle Scout project and just thank him for all the work that's done here. So. I think I know the answer to this, but Gray, anything you want to say? A lot of hard work. Well, I did just check with him a minute ago, and um, I know he probably came to most of your Sunday school classes and uh, spoke about funding the project, which is another tough task that goes along with it. But he told me some good news. He said it was fully funded, and they had a little bit left over. So that's great. So thank you all for your generosity. Thank you for your support on everything that goes on here in the campus, but especially today, just uh, if you take a minute after the service and, and thank Gray for all of his hard work. Thank you. Thank you, Gray. You've seen we've changed these slides, so they change a little bit more each week to try to get them right. If there's something that doesn't pop to you in a way that you can't read it from a close distance, middle, or far, if you please let us know and we'll continue to adjust that to make it the best it can possibly be. Let's pray together. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this beautiful space that represents the hard work of people for many decades the planning of this building, the projections of this service, the implementation of this service, everything that goes into setting up this space, Gray's beautifications, our future. We thank you. And we ask that as we come to this space, you may calm our hearts and minds, you may help us focus, you may help us pray and sing and read and hear to the best of our ability. Not so that we can just be Christians inside this room, but so we can be strengthened to go forth from this place to glorify and serve you. It's in your son's holy name who taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're going to call up our families that are going to join. And uh, they are um, Leanne Duncan and Ashlyn Cook and Robert and Brenda Schmidt. Leanne, uh, if many of you know uh, Kevin, Leanne is Kevin's sister. And the Schmitz are Taryn Jones's parents, uh, newly in Taylor's, uh, come from Raleigh, right? 
So um, come on over. I won't bite you. <laughs> We're going to look at this screen together. There's a commitment on your part as I ask you these questions. If I say will you, you say I will if you agree. And then there's a part that the congregation plays that you affirm not only their promise, but you reaffirm your promise. As members of Christ's universal church, will you be faithful to the United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? As members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, service, and witness? Congregation, we turn to you. I commend these families to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministry of the church by our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. Yeah, you don't have to give us feedback on that one. Welcome. 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 There it is. Y'all can have a seat. Oh. Leanna's not here. I have to remember your lovely prizes. Mm-hmm. Let's look at our opening image of the week. We're talking about a puzzle. I don't often ask you to do this because it doesn't usually work. How many of y'all do puzzles? Raise your hand. Well, you did a little bit. Any um, thousand piece puzzle people? Mm, 750? 500? 200? put together pieces of a puzzle you've got to get them all out you've got to look at the um, entire scope you've got to have a big enough view to be able to see it you've got to know where your borders are you've got to know what connects let's look at one. Oh, buddy preschool puzzle I love it I go in the preschool classes periodically uh, when we have chapel, when I go and hang out with them, and they are trying to solve, where does that lion go? Where does that giraffe go? And there is one spot where they go. And there's a couple reactions to that. Sometimes they keep trying until they find the spot, and sometimes they shove it where the elephant is, because um, that's the way that's going to go. Um, and then they get a little upset. Let's look at the next one. Now this is, um, this is a doozy here. I've never put one together like this before. I'm a little closer to the first one in things that I've put together. Think about the effort and the time and the patience that it takes to put every one of those puzzle pieces in their spot. There's only one place each of those pieces can go. And um, how annoying is it to not find that piece or to come up short and be missing two or to know in your heart that's where it should be and it doesn't go there. So these are defined. They're cut to a specific place. They have a specific purpose. They go one place. The church puzzle is very, very different. And each church that I've gone to, I've been, um, uh, I almost said forced. It's not forced, encouraged to put together an entire puzzle for the year. That includes staff, do we have someone that can lead this style of worship? Do we have someone that can lead this style of worship? Do we have someone that can greet newcomers? Do we have someone that can run the office? Do we have someone that can handle the finances? If you don't get that puzzle piece right, in any one of those areas, everyone else is fighting to come up with the solution to that piece. And what are the pieces of that puzzle? There's the emotions. Are you emotionally stable enough and strong enough to be in this position when someone questions what you're doing when you've put 50 hours into it? Are you talented enough to be able to know what to do? Are you adaptable enough to be able to change based on circumstances? Now, hiring someone's hard. But we have volunteer leaders every year that you are well aware of that are in every phase of this church. 
and we put those volunteer leaders in places that we think they will succeed. Last year, the first time we ever tried it, we gave you the opportunity to share what you were interested in doing. Sometimes that works out, sometimes it doesn't. And those puzzle pieces are not fixed because people change. People get tired. People have different commitments. People have different uh, pain. They have different anger. And I'm not talking about different from one another. Different from themselves. Seven months ago, 12 months ago, 25 months ago, and when we originally put that puzzle together for that committee, that person is different now. We're talking about fitting within a scheme and doing what we've all been asked to do today as we look at 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, I couldn't talk to you like spiritual people, but like unspiritual people, like babies in Christ. I gave you milk to drink instead of solid food because you weren't up to it yet. Now you're still not up to it because you are unspiritual. When jealousy and fighting exist between you, aren't you unspiritual and living by human standards? This is a letter from Paul to a church that he started. And we're reading five weeks of this letter to a new church as they try to determine who they are and what they want to be. What would you say is the tone of that section of the letter? If I said in an administrative council meeting, I can't give you all of it because y'all aren't ready for it. You weren't ready for it the day I walked in the door and you're not ready for it now. You're unspiritual people. That'd be heated, wouldn't it? But you would have a chance to respond. The people in that committee could say, this is where we're coming from. This is what we're doing. What is this form of communication? It's a letter to them. One-way conversation. How do you think they felt as they opened that letter and read it as leadership? I said this last week. If he emailed this to 25 people and they had the ability to reply all to, you weren't ready when I walked in the door and you're still not ready. I've got to give you baby food because you don't get it yet. What might some of those reply alls be? How might that get sideways? How might uh, phone calls and texts and other emails behind the scenes, behind that email, get going? But the next point, the thing that we've got to point out, the thing that he's pointing out is failing again. We are failing again. What's it like to fail the first time? Well, it depends. If you didn't put much effort into it, you didn't have your heart in it, you didn't have um, a, an organizational idea, if you didn't have any commitment, then you go, well, you know, we weren't going to do it anyway. And then there's putting everything you had into it. Whether it's a relationship, or a job, or a church, or a group within the church. There's putting everything you have into it and failing, which I've done. And then there's putting everything you have into it and failing, and then putting everything you have into it again and failing again. What's going to happen after that? Well, anger seeps in. People start lashing out at each other. What's the real root of anger? Have you ever, you ever heard somebody say, you know, when people act out in anger, they are truly what? They're truly sad. You think about the times that you are angry and you lash out and you compare them against thing, reasons you would be sad, whether it's fatigue or a broken heart or lack of energy, whatever it may be, hurt feelings. You lash out in anger, but the root of it is sadness. What happens to belief for the next time? Belief plummets. I don't know that we should ever try this again. You know, the NFL season is coming. You know, the Buffalo Bills went to the Super Bowl four straight times. Four straight times. They started off in training camp in the beginning of August. And in the first week of February, they were losing again. Unbelievable how much pain that must have caused 
and how much fortitude they must have built for the rest of their life based on their commitment to do what they were doing regardless of the circumstances. The first time you fail, it might be internal. You might keep it to yourself. The second time you fail, people start looking around and start establishing blame, and it's spoken by both sides. And those people blaming each other, those people getting grumpy with each other, infighting is what's causing him to write them and say, you need a baby, baby food before? You're going to have to have a little bit more baby food if you can't step it up. Verse 4 is about an argument of who they were following, which always happens in the midst of failure, is which leader are we listening to? When someone says, I belong to Paul, and someone says, I belong to Apollos, aren't you acting like people without the Spirit? After all, what is Apollos? What is Paul? They are servants who helped you believe. Each one had a role to give them by the Lord. I planted, Apollos watered, but God made it grow. So um, do you go with the founder or do you go with the person that's there right now? Is the essential question. And the thing that really steps up the anger and tension is if things aren't going well, who are we going to follow? And it's hard enough to live in a church now in an established place that has an established vision in a place that's not hostile to it. What about starting a church with people who are coming from all sorts of different places in a community that might be hostile to them? And that's why your next blank. Acting like blank. <laughs> I'm going to let you fill that in. What are some negative words that would go in that phrase? You're acting like you don't know what you're doing. You're acting like you've never heard the word of Jesus. You're acting like you've never heard the love of God. You're acting as if you were not uh, raised well by your parents. You know when somebody says, bless her heart. She doesn't know what she doesn't know. That kind of uh, ignorance or anger or bitterness, acting like whatever that is. See, the Spirit has done amazing things before their action. If you look in Genesis, the Spirit went over the dark water. It said the world was formless and void. And the Spirit swept over the dark waters at creation. The Spirit parted the waters as the Israelites were stuck with soldiers chasing them down behind them and mountains on this side. Now, a lot of these people in this church, in the Corinthian church, may not know that. They don't have a deep-rooted history in the Jewish faith. A lot of people do, but a lot of people don't. But the Spirit broke language barriers at the creation of this church. They should have heard that story. At Pentecost, people who came together in Jerusalem to celebrate an ancient Jewish holiday were there from different places with different languages, figuring those people aren't for me, so I'm not for them. Those people don't speak my language, so I'm not going to speak to them. Those people must have dark intent, so I'm not going to listen to them, even though we're in the same religion. In the midst of that room, the Spirit came in, and everyone could hear the word in their own language. What's the Spirit done? It went over a formless void. The Spirit parted the waters. The Spirit broke the communication barrier between people. But these people acting like they'd never heard of the Spirit before. When you've had a uh, teacher, when you've had a boss, when you've had a um, chaperone on a trip tell you you've forgotten who you are and what we're trying to do. You've forgotten what we established before we got on this bus. When you've had to be the person to say that to someone, You've gotten to a very dark place, and that's where they are right now. They've forgotten. And they're acting on selfish impulses. What kind of power do you think that has in the life of the church? Well, it depends on how healthy the system is. You know, if you have a healthy system in your backyard and a weed starts coming backyard, well, there's not that many. You see it, it's gone. But if you think about that ivy that grows along the side of the road. How fast does that go? 
If it's not a healthy system, if you're struggling in a particular area, if we're struggling system-wide on this campus, if you're struggling in your Sunday school class, if we're struggling on a committee, then selfish impulses can come in and take over. Now, I've actually had people in this series because Paul's getting on them so much, and I chose this text to say, um, everything going all right? Everything going all right, Memorial? And I say, yeah, yeah, we can do a little better, but we're doing pretty good. But just because we're doing pretty good in several phases doesn't mean we don't need to hear this story. Because it can take over in a hurry. He says, selfish impulses have taken over and you're thinking about what you want to do, what you want to say, what you want to hear. And that has unlimited power. Let's look at verse 7. Because of this, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. But only one who is anything is God who makes it grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together. But each one will receive their own reward for their own labor. We are God's co-workers. And you are God's field. God's building. Such your next phrase. Working together. Remembering your past. Remembering who did what in order for this to happen. In order for us to even be standing here. And that remembering who is 10 years back, is 25 years back. If you're talking about the Holy Spirit, it's back to creation. The things that have happened prior to your walking in is what he's talking about. And he's saying, we are working together. Now, um, this week, Katie and I went to a party uh, with um, her staff at League. The principal had us to her home. And... Um, you, you should know this. Just a side note. My social interactions in churches prior to this one were incredibly limited because I revved so high and was so wound up in trying to do what I was trying to do at other churches that I couldn't possibly interact with another human being. And so our social interactions were low. How would you say our social interactions are now? better. They're more. You know why? Because of the hard work that each of y'all have put in, the willingness that you've had as leaders to get us to the right spot has made me not rev so hard, has made me more social and friendly. So I just want to say thank you for that. Just as a side note. There's no telling what potential we have if I'm willing to communicate with other people when I'm not working. So we sit at that party and we go through the house and we meet several teachers and one of them is actually retired. He was, I don't know if principal is the right word, a director of the Fine Arts Center. He had been the director of the Fine Arts Center from maybe 1988 to 2012, something like that. I'm going to get that wrong. I start talking to him, and both our girls have gone to the Fine Arts Center since the fourth grade. And I say, when did they build the building, the Fine Arts Center? It was uh, 2007, 2008. So where did y'all meet before that? Well, we met over there where Legacy Charter School is. What was the process of going from that place to this place? And he laid it out over about 10 minutes of everything that it took to transition from here to there and where they were going to be and what the contractors wanted to do and how the contractors worked with each teacher of each art in order to have the best room possible. You know how many times I've thought about that since 2012? Pulling up. Zero. Never thought about it once. I just pulled up to that school and dropped off my child and pulled up to that school and picked up my child. Having no knowledge of the work that went into making it, creating it, setting it where it needed to be. And so I just sat there fascinated with him, asking him all sorts of questions. Because I'm in that similar field of having a thing and trying to make it the best far beyond your being there. And listening to the stories of the work of you and the, your predecessors in making this campus what it needs to be. I said, I bet you had ups and downs in building it. He said, yeah. 
I said, I bet you had ups and downs in occupying it. He said, yeah. I said, I wonder if they've had ups and downs since you've been gone. He said, I would figure. Think about that work. So that a child can come in and learn the cello. A child can come in and learn to draw. Learn drama. Whatever it may be. Paul says to these people who know about the last 10 minutes of the creation of their church and nothing before it. Lots of work went into what you're doing. Lots of hope went into what you're doing. The Spirit of God preceded your action. The Spirit of God will be here after your action. If you know the Spirit of God was working before you did anything and you know the Spirit of God will be working after you've done everything, what kind of impact does that have on your belief, on your work level, on your behavior? To know that we are just this little piece with this little window with an opportunity to serve. So here's your final question. Can I be a puzzle piece? There's a couple different reactions to that. You could say, uh, you know, I am what I am. If you don't have a place for me, if, I, if you can't fit me somewhere well, then so be it. Or if you place me in that spot, I'm not going to bend and do what I need to do in that position. And our um, leadership development is going to start thinking about leaders for next year. They already have. And they'll be asking them in the next two months. You could say, I don't want to be part of this puzzle. You could say, I'm going to be part of this puzzle, but this is the way my piece is defined. This is where I can fit and uh, deal with it. And if you don't figure that happens in the life of the church, you're wrong. In fact, um, there are times in your career when you know it's time to change careers because you think, I'm this puzzle piece, I'm done. I'm not adapting. Or I'm this puzzle piece, they're changing the puzzle, I'm retiring, I'm done. People have that thought. And in uh, several instances, it makes sense to have that thought. But in the life of a church, if you're asking, am I a puzzle piece? You're saying, this puzzle will constantly shift. It will constantly shift. It will get bigger and smaller, get more complex. You'll be asked to be in different places. Am I willing to be a puzzle piece that changes the way I am in order to fit the thing I've been asked to do? In order to serve in the way I've been asked to serve? Can I fit? Can I match? Can I adapt? This is a question you're asking yourself. And the thing I'll tell you is, we are building a special puzzle. A faithful thing that tries to put scripture in people's hands, that tries to um, impact the community, that tries to be here for you in a broken spot. And as we're considering leaders in the weeks to come, consider what kind of puzzle piece you want to be for this church, for the kingdom, in the name of the Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll stand as you're able, and join us in our modern affirmation. This is the way we affirm our faith in this service. You're welcome to participate and you're welcome to simply listen. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works and whose will is directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. It's now time for our offering. And you can give as the plate goes by. You can give electronically with instructions in the bulletin. 
If you're a guest or visitor today, it's not our expectation that you give, and you can rely on the generosity of our people. sing this last one with us.
hours behind you in San Diego. So don't call me at nine o'clock in the morning. You can email me and I'll get back to you as quickly as possible. If you have a pastoral care event, if you have an emergency, please contact Leanna and she's going to help you. If you see Gray, say thank you for his hard work and the people surrounding him. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all.